0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to us another Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network. We're going to be talking about the nice guys, the brand new Shane Black, Ryan Gosling, and uh, Russell Crowe vehicle. It was amazing. One of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Hang out with us. We're going to talk about the whole thing, break it down to all our fun games. I'm here with Andrew Guy. We'll see you guys in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Boom, 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 boom. Do you guys know this song? This is Lonely Boy by Andrew Gold. This plays in the film The Nice Guys, and we're talking about The Nice Guys today on the show right now. Uh, I love this song. If you guys don't know Lonely Boy, you need to stop your life and go listen to it right now and... Or just watch Andrew dance. That's to what him. I said. I mean that's how I dance. What's up everybody? This movie, this fucking movie, this is the only way I can put it. Yeah. Was so phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Just one of the absolute best movies I've seen in a long time. One of the best. Like uh, yeah. It's amazing. We did Drive last week. We're doing this this week. It's like two of the best movies we've ever done on the show. Yeah, it's, it's and, and they're so different. Yeah, this is like not a good movie in the in the way that like The Rock is a good movie. Yeah. This is not a good movie in the way that Drive is a good movie. It's a totally different animal. This is probably what like this is closer to what people probably felt like when they watched Lethal Weapon for the first time. Yeah, probably, probably closer back in the day for sure. Um, because it's the very it's Shane Black. I mean, it totally makes sense. Uh, anyway, but, guys, we should get without just. <laughs> ranting. Uh, This is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk about action movies on the show. The Nice Guys isn't an action movie, but it kind of feels like one to us because it's Shane Black, and Shane Black's an action movie guy, and we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we skipped this movie in our genre. It's our boy. Yeah, because we don't do superhero movies. We do movies that feel like they're that 80s, 90s action genre. Right. And Lethal Weapon and this, they're parallel, so... We deserve, this movie like belongs on our show. It is literally um, like Lethal Weapon 30 years later. Yeah, exactly. It's like a retelling. So uh, uh, this is Action Movie. Network. We talk about action movies on the show. This is the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie related. And my name is Ben Bateman. I'm your host. And this right here, this fine gentleman is Andrew Guy. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. So excited to talk about this movie. Got a tie clip on. Yeah. I didn't reference it, I usually do. I know, that's why I had to say something. Yeah, say something. <laughs> um, we have four basic rules that our action movies on this show adhere to. I don't know if this one's going to fit. Uh, the four basic rules, aside from the movies being made after 1981, which is loose anyway, is that, number one, the hero is always plays by his own rules. Um, by their own rules. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird because it's like with a buddy cop thing. Yeah. They're kind of a hybrid. Um, they do play they by do their play own rules. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they both have their ways of going about things. Crow is like a real detective, and Ryan Gosling is an alcoholic that falls into, like, perfect circumstance. The but they dr- do the things their own way. The dream sequence, I just was remembering. The holster is <laughs> so good. It's pretty sweet, right? Yeah. 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 Sweet, right? Yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> goes for it later. Um, so, uh, rule number one, the <laughs> hero... I rather on rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, Martians, aliens in the room. Um, there is no villain in this movie that's the smartest. Because yeah, I mean, it's technically Kim Basinger. Basinger. Bass- Basinger. Bassinger. But, the, but the villain in this movie is like corporate America and greed. Corporation, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, kind of. Uh, and then the heroes, like, they're like a tandem, the smartest. Yeah. Like they're the smartest and the dumbest people in the room. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Um, rule number three: the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. I mean, yeah, it hits. They're he's a PI. They're, they're hired. Yeah. They're hired guys. Yeah. And rule number four: there's at least one explosion. There was definitely an explosion. So there this was. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie almost hits it. Um, we normally do movies that are more like you know The Rock or like Con Air or like. Um, point break or something that's or any of the other 53 episodes we've done those type of movies yeah exactly and if you guys don't know the catalog go check it out we've got uh 54 or something like that yeah, this is we've 54 done- yeah We've done a year's worth of mo- of movies on this show. They're all available on uh, iTunes to be downloaded. Uh, you can leave comments with your thoughts on the movies. We've we did a, a best of year one episode like two weeks ago. So if you guys uh, if you actually want to know what we do and like which are the ones you should definitely watch that are the funniest, if you want to see um, how much I can sweat when I'm freaking out and it's hot outside, then you know just check out the best of the best of year one episode. is very funny. It's it's it's, it's, it's enjoyable good. and it'll it'll surprise you. Some of the higher rate, some of the higher rated episodes for us. But uh, we're you know approaching six million views on the show total in a year. So it's been a fun year, and, uh, and this is the first straight-up comedy that we're just calling an action movie that we've ever done. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> it's interesting on this show because when we do a movie that's brand new, we go into it, obviously, not knowing what to expect. And in this movie, we knew it wasn't going to be a straight-up action movie like a movie right. we typically do. But we definitely thought it was going to be more action-oriented or have a little bit more of that tone of those action movies that it we had, do. had, like, the fighting that action movies have. It had it, like, you know, in the, in the climax. Right. But, again, this movie, though, it celebrates our favorite thing about all of our best action movies uh, without having, like, the tension or the stakes. It celebrates the moments in between the action. It yeah. celebrates the relationship between the characters and the villains and the accomplices. And it is it, it totally belongs on our show because I want to talk about it that's it that's why And shane black like so and shane black so we'll, we'll get into that in just a second sort of who shane black is and what his place in the pantheon of action movies actually is and why we chose to do this movie but uh we should start the show off by uh remember that we have a thesis statement we do um, but we should watch our trailer yes we should watch the trailer first <laughs> thesis statement exists thesis statement exists forgot about a that <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got the uh, the Red Band trailer, so uh, you know. Careful. Highly, highly inappropriate. Highly inappropriate for work. It's a family <laughs> network, gentlemen. <laughs> right, right. Equanimity. Quality of being calm. Who is it? Messenger service. It's just even, even drunk t- and disheveled. I love it. fuck? we gotta play a game. <laughs> I think you have to give the wrong house. Oh, called shut up unless you're me. I love that game. all right you're game private investigator? <laughs> just 20 bucks in there Alright just take it No I'm not here for that I'm messenger Give me your left arm No Yeah come on No <laughs> When you're talking to your doctor no. you Tell him you have a spiral fracture No Deep breath <laughs> <laughs> Gosling is gold in there They both right? are so okay. Solid gold Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comic genius someone, You might ask around for me Jackson Healy I work for the Department of Justice. My daughter Amelia. It's the classic straight man crazy man, except please. for Gosling Mind tries to, to be a straight man them. as the crazy man. Yeah, totally. That's why it's so funny. March. Donica, is it hot in here? Nervous. I know you're not in here with me, but I'm <laughs> hot, man. I'm fucking <laughs> cooking. Who do you think I am? I got a license to carry, dumbass. A little bit, bit going on. I'll take a look. <laughs> <laughs> Great moment. Look away. Look away. <laughs> just, just look at me. Just look, just look, you know there's a mirror here. <laughs> See, you're pretty good at this. I want you to find Amelia. I would have thought your job ended with breaking my fucking arm. a guy who beat up my dad. Hey, sucker punched your dad. Big difference. <laughs> yes, this movie's so, so good. She's got good. dark hair. Name's Amelia. What's in it for me? He'll stop doing it. Doing what? Oh, <laughs> fuck! Dad. <laughs> like whores here and stuff sweetheart how many times have i told you don't say and stuff just say dad there are whores here (laughs) the mob is trying to spread its operation to los angeles somehow amelia is involved one thing we know for sure something funny is going on I like that they, never, they go up to the floor. and They leave. They that's just what, don't even. That's one of my favorite things about the movie. Another one of the things I love so much about this movie is that. <laughs> yeah, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> the, <story>. oh, the, <laughs> the world's worst. I feel like mad at the world's worst. March. Go. Go. Fuck shit. <laughs> he just <laughs> A moment with Nixon was great. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the bright side. Nobody got hurt. People got hurt. I'm saying I think they died quickly though, so I don't think that they got hurt. Drinking at least you're drinking again. It's drink it good. <laughs> I great. I love oh, that movie. So um, good. And I just, like. It's not one of those moments where they give away all the funny part like we were laughing pretty hard in the trailer. We were laughing for two hours. Yeah, straight. Solid. It's so good. Perfect. Um, so next thing we do on the show is something called thesis statement. Sometimes we do action movie tagline, but because this movie's a comedy, it's less fun to do a funny tagline for mm-hmm. it. Um it also just came out, so, like, that's not a thing. Uh, so we're going to do Thesis Statement, and Thesis Statement is that part of the show where uh, something, you have sort of a big, bold thought about this movie, something that is a, a rooted in hyperbole, or it's a bold thought. It's something interesting that you kind of want to stick with, and uh, we share them. We kind of defend them throughout the episode, and I actually already shared mine, which Did is you? that, yeah, this, this movie is Lethal Weapon 30 years later. Oh, it's a great one. I mean, that's what this movie is. This, this is... This is Instead of instead of making Lethal Weapon into a TV show mm-hmm. or rebooting the franchise, don't bother. Make nice guys. Just do this. It's better. It's so much better. I mean, at the time, Lethal Weapon, I'm sure, like, it is more of an action movie than this. And it's, like, a little darker. Yeah. But, like, in a more depressing way. Because this this movie definitely has, like, gnarly parts to it and, like, a right. darkness about it. But it's, it's all covered in this, like, layer of, of humor. Yeah. Whereas, like, Lethal Weapon, he's, like, wants to kill himself the whole time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, 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 I mean, that's what this movie is, and so it's it, it's really special for us as as a younger generation who grew up and we watched *Lethal Weapon*. And and you know, when we did it on the show, we found that aside from Officer Murtaugh, don't, don't be, be foolish, <laughs> look at the hardware. <laughs> aside from that line by Busey, which is solid gold, it is amazing. Um, a lot of that movie had aged pretty poorly. Yeah, uh, this movie. The other funny thing is that this is the same movie as *Kiss Kiss Bang Bang*. Like, yep. it's it's not in the sense that like. It's 10 years later, the characters are a little different. Like Danny Junior is great, but he's doing his Danny Junior thing. Right. So it's like when you watch it, you very you, you have to be in or out on that. This movie felt better and funnier to me. Like it's just like laugh out loud the whole time. I mean, this movie is the perfect action comedy for our show because there was no action comedy that we had ever talked about before that could have really been on our show because our favorites are like McGruber and yeah, right. you know the other guys. Yeah, and yeah. they're movies that don't really fit you know, this movie is so perfect for It's our Shane show. Black. I mean, it, yeah, it, that's what it is. And for the you guys that don't know Shane Black, we will get into him and you should get to know him. He's going to do Predator soon. Yeah, he, and he was in the original Predator. He, was in he wrote the original, the original Predator. He, he did. did. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Hawkins. My, my <laughs> thesis is that this is the greatest example of two leading men who are used to everything being about them, making fun of themselves and taking a back seat. Yeah. And it, and it works so perfectly. Having these two guys do this. It's funny that the trailer. Um, it looks like it's. Uh, it looks like it's Crow's movie in the trailer. It does. It's not though. It's not at all. Yeah, it's really not. It's 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 totally a buddy cop movie. It's, it's, what's the opening scene? Uh, what happens in the movie? Yeah, uh, the movie starts with the misty meadows. Right. Oh yeah, crashing. and then it goes into, uh, into into Healy doing stuff, and you meet right. Crow, yeah. and then you meet Gosling. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, Phil, our one of the head producers here, was saying he just loved the opening scene so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah so that's, that's mine is that this is the greatest example of two leading men taking a back seat and making fun of themselves and it working perfectly that you've ever seen Ever yeah. that I can think of. Yeah, I mean there are two I mean Russell Crowe's a, a a freaking Oscar winner. And Ryan Gosling is an Oscar nominee. Yeah, Russell Crowe's and, an Oscar winner who's kind of a prick that takes himself way too seriously. Yeah, right, exactly. This is a great and I love that he got fat. Like he's so fat. <laughs> he's got really big for this. Like really fat and really disheveled and yeah. just like it looks like he doesn't ever want to do anything. That so we're gonna talk about fist pump. It's <laughs> a great picture. <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Fist Pump Moment. Fist Pump Moment is that moment in the movie when you're watching it and something happens and you have a literal just like, Fuck yes. yes. This is so awesome. And you look around and you want to like high five your buddy. You yeah. want to get somebody, you want to call your friend and be like, turn this on. You got to see this right yeah, now. Yeah, you want to like lean over to the person next to you in the theater and be like, did you see that? Yeah. Did exactly. you see that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually when it's an action movie. He's like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Usually <laughs> when it's an action movie, we are like, are you seeing this right now? Yeah. But like with something like this where it's comedy, it's much more like you just like want to high five your buddy. And so for me, my Fist Pump Moment in this movie. It's a hard, it's a hard toss up between when we meet both of the characters. Yeah. But I love Gosling in the bathtub, and he looks at his hand, and it just has written, "You will never be happy." It's, it's <laughs> just, it. like, it's just beautiful. He's asleep. he's like wakes up in a bathtub, like in his suit, it's filled with water, and there's like a bottle of booze next to it, and that's all that it's. Oh god, it's beautiful. My fist put moment is. Also Gosling, and it's when – so in the very beginning of the movie, when you're still getting introduced to him. He goes into the bar, and there's, like, this gigantic, like, black uh, bartender there, yeah. right? And he, like, tries to, like, talk to him, and, like, he, he makes him a little <laughs> – the guy's counting money, right? And Gosling's, like, trying to get information out of him. He won't do it. And he, like – he, like, walks up this little, like, <laughs> shirt that he made out of a $5 bill. And the guy's like, is that a shirt? I he's made like, it myself. He's like, I made it myself. And then it just cuts to him, the guy locking up and gossing, like, waiting. He's like, you know, in this PI business, you know, things aren't always as easy as you think, so you got to get clever. So he, like, goes up to the back door, and there's, like, a little window. He's clearly going to break it. And he, like, you know, he wraps his hand up so he doesn't cut it. And he, like, goes to punch it, and the thing pops up, so, he, like, he fixes it real quick. And then he goes and he punches it. <laughs> no, no, no but he's, he's holding his hand. He's holding his hand. He's like, Holy, he moves his hand like at the Barry, other hand. He punches it. <laughs> and he just slices his wrist. <laughs> like, bleeds everywhere. Like, suicide status. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, God. It's oh, a lot of blood. Oh, it's a lot of blood. <laughs> and then he oh. goes to the hospital. Brilliant. But, like, Ben and I, we were literally laughing for, like, a minute straight oh. when that happened. Just dying. Just dying. <sighs> uh, I'm, like, hot and, like, laughing. and I <laughs> just want to watch it again. <laughs> Me too. Because I just, laughing that hard is just so much fun. It doesn't happen. It's so rare that it happens when you watch something that's that funny because it's smart funny is the reason and the yeah it's smart funny and the pace is well and it's acted brilliantly yeah and like it's great because okay remember the whole stretch of Will Ferrell comedies that came out after after he had peaked mm-hmm. like when he was still so in, talking like after Step Brothers or is Step Brothers is one of them. Um, Step Brothers is a good one. I'm talking about the stretch of movies like Semi-Pro. Right, so right after Land Step of the Brothers. Lost. Yeah. Uh, there's the whole, it's like ten years almost worth of movies that have now come out. And he's made like one or two good ones in there, I think. But for the most part, they're like dumb comedies that are just stupid. Like you yeah. watch them. I think The Campaign was in there. That movie was okay. Like, I love Will Ferrell. He's like next to Chris Farley is my favorite oh, he's, funny person he's, of all time. Oh, he's a genius. But like... It's it's that sort of thing where you're watching and it just isn't that satisfying. It's like it, the jokes fall flat. A lot of okay, like Get Hard was appallingly bad. Right, Get Hard was unwatchable. Like it's just all dumb. It's all slapstick. The jokes are cheap. The jokes are easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's extremely disappointing when the jokes don't hit. And it, yeah, and they don't hit because it's like they. In this movie, they focus so much on what's important in comedy. It's like, you don't move on, your funny. You don't lead your audience by, like, kind of, like, giving them, like, I'm about to tell a joke. Like, it's yeah. just clean joke after clean joke, perfectly executed by two people that aren't trying to be funny. And how great was the little girl? She's phenomenal. Fantastic. Like, yeah. I, like I, I'm always worried when there's a kid in a movie. Yeah. Especially, like, a prominent role. Yeah. Because it's very rare that it's done great. Yeah. And she's great. She's fantastic. I yeah. mean, I my... my uh, our my sequel yeah. is actually based around her a little oh, bit oh interesting yeah um so uh so yes that uh, those are our fist pump moments that's if there's a great fist pump moment uh, i love the one that you just shared and uh, <laughs> what do you got people in uh, No i was just thinking about that moment again <laughs> uh, we are going to get into some of the other things we're going to do spin off um, in fact Shall we do spin off now? Should we do spinoff now? Sure. Let's do it. Um, so this is something we've only done once or twice. Uh, it's 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 either it's either called the spin-off or the sequel. In this case, we're going to call spin-off, it the sequel. sequel. Uh, this is a brand new one. So so this is just sort of us, and we're going to be pitching in 60 seconds the idea of a sequel. Um, Donica, do we have a timer we can use? A sound or something? Uh, yeah, I can get you in one sec. Cool. Uh, would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? Um, I can go first. Mine's great. It's very concise. Hmm. Are you still looking for the timer? Because we can rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, Paper, scissors. Paper, damn, scissors. Paper, damn, scissors. Uh, Ready? Let's Let's do it. Okay. Ready? Are we going to go rock, paper, scissors, shoot? No, rock, paper, scissors. On the three. See, that's why you're my best friend. All right, here we go. One, two, three. three. Rock, paper, scissors. All right, you win. Money. Shit. I don't even know if I won. I think you did (laughs) because you got rock and I had scissors. I realize I won that, but (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. I don't either. All right, you're going first. That's Mm. what it means. We ready, Donica? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Why not? All right. So, three, two, one, boom! They're already talking about making the sequel. We're gonna set it in the eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's the same movie. They already made it. It's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then they made it again, and it was called The Nice Guys. You make The Nice Guys too. It's set ten years later. Crows fatter. <laughs> Gosling is the same. The girl's a little older. You can recast her. You just another caper. Honestly, if you were to, if you were to be like, hey, can you uh, pitch me a quick like a caper noir story? I'd be like. I don't know any noir story that's ever happened. They're all exactly the same. Like it doesn't matter. Like that you know. You, there's a big there's a big reveal at the end. If it's anywhere near as funny as this, all you need to do is put those two guys back in. I think you probably do have to throw in one or two other characters, right? Like other great actors to make this awesome. Um, you know, like I wouldn't mind seeing like Tom Hardy show up in a comical role. Oh, that'd be great, you know, or like Chris Pine or some other person like that, um, or even like some comic actors like Isla Fisher or somebody like that. Um uh, or, or uh, Anna Ferris. But yeah, the point is. I think that's all you need. I don't think there is anything else to the sequel. I'm not going to pitch like a crazy elaborate plot because that's the whole deal. All right. it's my pitch. Mine minute. didn't even take the whole time. There you go. All right. Ready for mine? Yep. Yeah. In three, two, go. All right, so it's really easy. You just said it. In, no, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> mine's actually basically the same thing as yours. So we're going to set it like five or six years later. All like right. we're talking like mid, early 80s. Holly's a little bit older and she has got a boyfriend. The boyfriend's played by Taryn Edgerton. Oh. And Taryn Edgerton's big into Studio 54 and the club scene and cocaine. Oh. Because we all know about <laughs> Coke in the 80s. So Christoph Waltz, the owner of the club and the Kingpin, whoa, pulls Taryn Edgerton under his wing. And he gets in trouble. He kidnaps Holly because he, he goes out of money. Like, Taryn doesn't have enough money to pay off Christoph Waltz, so he kidnaps Holly. So who comes to the rescue? Of course. Papa Bear and Mr. Nice Guy, Jack Healy. So... Crow is definitely fatter. <laughs> Gosling is, of course, the same. And imagine just the, the, those two and Christoph Waltz with Taron Edgerton in there. They're, they're the comic duo. And... I like all of it except for Taron Edgerton. Really? Yeah. See, I think he'd be good at being kind of a fuck. Yeah. Like the dumb kid that got in sure. a car, but also good enough to love Holly. Yeah. So that's mine. Studio 54 base Christoph Waltz, Taron Edgerton, Pro, mm. and that's Gosling it. reprise their roles. It's a hell of a lot more elaborate than mine. I like it. I like where your head's at. Yeah. I like where your head's at. That is called the sequel, guys, Uh, in the chat, in the comments. You guys can let us know who you think has the better idea. Andrews is more developed. but Most uh, importantly, Russell Crowe needs to be (laughs) a lot fatter. Yeah. (laughs) He needs to gain a solid 20 to 30, 20 to 30 or 100 more pounds. pounds. (laughs) I'm not even really sure if it was intentional for the role or if he just was... Right, if he was just that fat already and he's like, fuck it, I'll go out. I mean, at this point, Russell Crowe is probably looking at his life and he's like, all right, you know what? I won an Oscar. I I did the thing where I I made like Four movies in five years that got nominated for Best Picture. Right. He did, right? Yep. And he got nominated for Best Actor again immediately. Yeah, right. I mean, he got the nomination for The Insider. He got a nomination for L.A. Confidential. That's 97 yep. and 99. Gladiator and Gladiator uh, Beautiful Mind. Gladiator's Beautiful Mind's 2001. Yep. And then I think his next three that he was gunning for, which were Master and Commander and Cinderella Man, I think he right. missed on both of those. Cinderella Man, he might have gotten a nod in some, like, might not have been Oscar, might have been Golden Globes, but I think he got something, something for that. Something for that, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, later, and then he started to get out of it, right? American Gangster and all that Might all as well stuff. just talk about Star Profiles, then, if we're doing that. Uh, yeah, it's probably a pretty strong point. So why don't we start with uh, start with Crow, and uh, we can sort of break that down. We have a great picture of Crow up there. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's just so big. Like, he just looks like a blimp. He does. He that, looks like Kingpin, but like Kingpin's fat cousin. Makes me feel bad for him. I don't. You don't? No, he was great. He was fantastic. <laughs> he owned it. He was still, and he still moved around. <laughs> like he's, nothing was, he's not like actually huge. He's just like, for for a leading man, he's just let himself get pretty big. Uh, he's pretty <laughs> huge, huge, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. So talking about what he was doing... It's true. I mean, he definitely put on weight, like massive weight, because you think about Noah in 2014. He was yeah. not a fat guy. I didn't see it. I didn't either, but okay. he wasn't a fat guy. No, no. And then know? Water Diviner, unless I'm mistaken, is his movie. Uh, I believe that's the Australian film that he mm-hmm. directed. It yep. won the Australian Oscar, I think. I, I don't know just, about all that, but I do know the first part. I, I could be making all that up. The uh, Popcorn Talk did it. Did the junket for, it. I remember at one point. There's a there's clips of us doing the interviews with him. Oh really? Um, yeah. And then uh, and then Fathers and Daughters, I recall it coming out, but I don't know much about it. I don't either. Another one um, of those like indie dramas, right? Yeah, I mean he's like we said, he's at this point in his career. I mean, you know, he he broke out in the mid-90s with Hurley Burley and then or Romper Stomper, sorry, mm-hmm. not Hurley Burley. Hurley Burley's a play. Um, though I think they made a new movie once. But anyway, uh he broke out and then got his Oscar nod for supporting actor Fairly Confidential. Uh then, then two years later for the Insider, the Michael Mann movie, won for Gladiator, got nominated for Beautiful Mind, mm-hmm. and then over those next few years, yeah, it was Master and Commander, Cinderella Man, uh, was was the... What was the Affleck movie? Oh, that's, yeah, uh, State of Play. State of Play. That's like 07. Yeah. American Gangster's like 07. Yep. Um Yeah, Noah's newer. He did Robin Hood in there at some point with Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah, it was bad. I, like, forgot that movie yeah, didn't existed. Yeah, it was real bad. Um, there's... Yeah, I mean he did like a bunch of he did like a bunch of stuff in there and and but somewhere in that like sort of mid to late two thousands range. Oh Body yeah, he of, wasn't he was not fat as Cal L. Yeah, Cal L. Yeah. Body of Lies, I think. Yeah, he was in that, right. One. Yep, that's the Leo one, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean you know he's God Leo and Crow in a movie and it just kind of got forgotten about. I heard it wasn't bad though. I never saw Body of Lies. Though. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, he's awesome. Russell Crowe's great. I mean, I love Russell Crowe, and I think this is of course the course you do. I know, Gladiator, but this is. I think this is exactly what he needed to do in his career. I mean, I don't know about the weight thing because that kind of pigeonholes you. <laughs> and I, I'm sure he's, he's, he's um, disciplined enough to lose the weight if he needed to and to yeah. get like, back into a great role. But this is perfect for him because this shows everybody, like, I'm Russell Crowe and I can still have fun and I'm yeah. still a good actor and I don't take myself too seriously, even if he does. it right. gives off the homage, just like when Cruise did Tropic Thunder. Yeah, right. It was like, oh, okay, Cruise can kind of poke fun at himself. you know. And when you're that rich... <laughs> And your job is to be on screen, and he's that big. Yeah. All he has to do is be like, "All right, doctor, prescribe me some HGH. Yep, uh, here's a uh, trainer, personal trainer six days a week. Nutritionist yep. won't leave the house. Um, you know, cook and clean and do everything for me and work me out. Yep. And I know exactly how this works because I'll lose all of the weight and I'll get shredded. Like yep. when you're like a when you're like a famous movie star." Pretty much, like, at any age, you can just, like get shredded. Yeah, like, I mean, you and I were talking about how Channing Tatum lives our dream life, essentially. Yeah, right. He just does awesome roles, and then when he's not working, he just gets kind of chubby. Yeah. He just j- drinks beer and eats whatever the fuck he wants. There's great pictures you guys can look up if you ever are curious, like, you know what we're talking about. Look up, like, Channing Tatum fat, and you'll see these great pictures of him, like, on the beach. Yep. He's, like, walking on the beach publicly. <laughs> like, like, holding a hoagie. Holding a beer. <laughs> just, like, clearly has gained, like, a solid 10 to 15 pounds. Yep. Kind of chubby. Like, just puts the weight on doesn't seem to give a shit at all. Of course not. He's Channing Tatum, and then and then all of a sudden you'll see you know Magic Mike XXL come out, and it's like just jacked, just shredded up. beyond belief. Yeah, and it's just like this guy is awesome. That's this, what you do. Yeah. that's what I would do. I yeah. love drinking and eating more than almost anything. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and then Gosling gets interesting because he. This is kind of what we were talking about. How he he's done this a couple times over the last fifteen years, where he takes little breaks. Well, yeah. So so this is this is cool, right? Because last week we did Drive, which was so much fun. Uh, And we talked about Gosling and his pre-2011. So, as we said, the the big breakout for Gosling is those early 2000s roles. There's Mm -hmm. there's a small role in Remember the Titans. There's a believer that he gets the award nominations for. And then it's five years of, like, sort of sifting through some stuff before, ultimately, Drive is is 2011. But uh, 07 is, I think, full Nelson, half Nelson. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 07 and then Oh Lars and the Real Girls. 03? Is 03 The Notebook? Oh, four. Oh, four, yeah. Because yeah. The Notebook was big for him. That was big like, for both of them. That that's was the real breakout. breakout yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so then, but yeah, then, you know, over the next few years, and you have Stupid Crazy Love and all these movies that are coming out in mm-hmm. 2011. So now, like, his last few years where he's really kind of become A-list. Like, he is, it's so weird. We, we, this is what we said. And, and it's odd when you compare these two guys, because in his day, when Russell Crowe was A-list, he he's, was he's actually a Pat. Yeah, because even back then, that was in the 2000s, like, the, the 2000 period that was still a time when like these movie stars were a real thing right they still are again we have this conversation almost every single episode movie stars are still a real thing but it's not the same way where you just get oscar nod after oscar nod after oscar nod and film after film after film of just you right that's it okay so like well let's 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 think about this for a second like what does it really when we really think about that old version of a movie star there's a lot of reasons that there are no more movie stars like um but what is it really that made those guys, so many of them, that way? And it, I think it's a combination of a few things. It's box office draw. Yep. It's franchises based around them. It's awards, awards nominations. It's consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's working with the biggest directors. I think it's stuff like that. And, and, and also the, the thing that we talk about the most is that movie star charisma. And you can yeah. have it in different ways. Right. It doesn't always have to be able to, be, uh, to deliver comedy because Crow never did comedy. I mean, he, I mean, he's dabbled, but he's never done comedy yeah, until now. Right. Back then, it was just like you were drawn to him because he was this badass. He was a, like the same way you were drawn to Denzel yeah. back in the day. Completely. You're drawn to them they... because they got this charisma about them that you just want to watch them exist. Yeah, completely. Just them talking. Yeah. Um. I love that Denzel's like, I think Denzel is 60. I think he's, yeah. I think he might be 62 or something. He's starring in Magnificent Seven. Oh, God. and it looks sweet. Yeah, like but like in a hilariously bad way. Yeah. But like totally sweet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we will do it on the show. Yeah, yeah and for it sure. will probably fall into completely ridiculous um, tangential, by the way, just complete tangent right now. Um, we posted this on our Twitter recently. And if you're listening to this and you were curious, Andrew and I are both on Twitter, and so is the podcast. Um, I'm Ben Bateman Media. He's Andrew at Andrew Guy. Yep. And you can find the podcast at AMA Podcast. I shared the trailer for The Accountant when I first saw it go online. Oh, yeah. Um, but we got to see it on the full screen last night. And yesterday when we saw this. And, my God, am I excited for the account. It looks so sweet, and our good friend Gavin O'Connor directed it. Yeah, I, uh, I sent him a message yesterday, and was like, hey, just wanted to let you know, saw the trailer, looks totally awesome, the Radiohead song is perfection, Andrew and I cannot freaking wait. No, I can't, it's totally my type of movie. Yeah. Like, 100%. And, uh, like, a total boss responds immediately and just says... Thanks for the love, Kimo Sabe. (laughs) I was like, you're just the coolest. Absolute coolest. Just the greatest guy. If you you love Gavin O'Connor and you love what he does, go back and watch the Warrior episode. Again, it's not like our traditional AMA episode. It is really a look into the minds of Anthony Tambakis and Gavin O'Connor, the minds that created Warrior. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like, it really is. It's both of our favorite episodes, and you'll just understand this guy. He comes from a point of making his films from the heart, not for the money. I'm actually covering the uh, premiere of The Kingdom, which is a show on uh, DirecTV Audience Network tonight, and Frank Grillo, who plays Frank Frank Campana, Campana. very unorthodox trainer, Very. uh, he's the star of the show, so I'm going to actually meet, I've actually met him once before, but uh, this not in a professional capacity, and I'll actually get to meet him tonight and uh, and get an interview with him, which I'm sure I will bring up Frank Campana. Also, Nick Jonas is on the show, so I'll be meeting one of the Jonas Brothers tonight. So I'll talk to only Frank Campana. (laughs) Um, Yeah. that's that's awesome. That'll be so cool. I love I love Frank Grillo, and he was awesome in Civil War. Yeah, he's he's great. He's actually been in a lot of really cool things. Um, he's just good, and he's in he just pops up in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. So uh, in any case, that is kind of a... I I am curious when we think about what makes a movie star. I'm just like trying to figure out why because okay, Leo is fully a movie star. Yeah. But he also existed and came from a time that the movie star still did exist. So mm-hmm. he was hitting his stride. And getting all of his nominations and becoming that guy in the early 2000s when he came back on the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, when he. Gangs in New York has to be like 2000. 2000- Two or something yeah, like that. I believe that. so. And Catch Me If You Can's like the same time. So like he started to like hit those movies like the Aviator. That like- is more like when he was a true movie star, where that was that time. Yeah, right. You get the Aviator, Aviator, Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New York. Like he was just doing movie after movie after movie. Massive directors, yeah. Massive co stars. So by now, he his brand is cemented. But I'm trying to think of other guys. Like Gosling has to be thirty. 30- 7 maybe really what do you, what do you think that old maybe younger maybe maybe. F- maybe he's like 34 I mean if he's yeah. been acting since 01 like, yeah if he was a kid in Remember the Titans he was probably at least he was probably at least 20 when that movie got shot right and that's that movie is like 2000 or something right uh who, who do you want us to bring on the show? Gavin O'Connor? Because he's already been on it. We he's will gonna, bring him back on for The Accountant, though. I think he's going to come back on for The Accountant, yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see how old Gosling is. I'm going to guess 36. Yeah, so you look at that, and just real quick to talk about the movies that he did. It was Gangster Squad in 2013, Only God Forgives in 2013. 30, and 35. The Big Short in, tw- in 2015. So he took about a two-year break there. Yeah. And I think that was good, because when he was doing Gangster Squad and Only God Forgives, he was getting close to that thing. I think that's another thing, is that our audience is so fickle now. Yeah. They love to hate things. Right. If, if you're if you're a big name and you bomb twice. Yeah. Or even if you don't bomb twice and you just oversaturate the market. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, Adele, Ryan Gosling, Tom Hardy, like all these people, Sam Sam Worthington, like you got to be careful. You remember when um Bale did it back in like Yeah. right around the time Terminator same, Salvation. Came when he out? did American Gangster, Terminator Salvation, all that stuff. 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Um, all those movies came out at the same time and it just was like this is just overload. Just please stop. Yeah. Please Stop, yeah, but then yeah. he won the Oscar like two years later for the fighter, so <laughs> right joke's on us, joke um, is on us, <laughs> but uh, in any case, so so yeah, I just I, I was just trying to figure that out like, who do we have who do we have that's under 40 that's a legitimate A list movie star? And is that a thing? Is is it an age thing? Because the guys that we knew that we grew up watching they were those they were a movie star when they were under 40. The right. Mel Gibsons, the Bruce Willis's, the Nicolas Cage's, they were in old. their 30s, they were all in their 30s when yeah. they hit their start, like their so, A list. So Gosling is pretty damn close, I mean, he's. Yeah, he's about as big at his age as I can think of. I think Leo has to be a solid ten years older than him. Yeah, he's yeah, and I I definitely think that Gosling is bigger than Hardy. Oh yeah, but even though Hardy's roles are huge, but Hardy's so much younger on the scene. Right, he really he really wasn't a note like he wasn't notable until Warrior. Right. That's what Anthony said. He was like, What you know, nobody'd seen Bronson. It was just a thing mm-hmm. that he had done. Like by the time Yeah, I mean, like Anthony hardly knew who he was when he cast him. Yeah, Warrior and Inception were like the two big like visibility projects. I mean Inception, nobody saw Warrior when it came out, but right. like Inception, everybody saw him. And then now a few years later, Tom Hardy's like the hot ticket. Yeah. You know, Mad Max. But like again, that's we're talking three three to five years. Yeah, I mean, there's really not I mean, you talk about the Pitts and the Chris Pratt right now. Yeah. He's on one. But again, like you gotta think about to be a real movie star you have to have been doing it for, like, a decade well. Mm-hmm. Um, a decade well and have, like, big hits. Like, I'm, you, you think about, you know, your Afflecks, your Damon's. Those guys are over 40, man. Yeah. They're into their 40s. <clears throat> like, I, I'm trying to just think who else. Oscar Isaac is on his way to becoming one. He's nowhere near he's A-list still he's still, but he's, he's still on his way up. He's still in, like, character actor who wants to be leading man yeah. territory. I didn't see Ex Machina. Nor did I, but people love that movie. Yeah, he gets cast in a lot of cool stuff. He does. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. Yeah. We're, we're 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 rambling sure. here. Um, so yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about pro- uh, production development and Shane Black and just kind of all the people involved in this movie. So uh, this was actually supposed to be a TV show. It was proposed as a TV show. Right. They had to repitch, uh, retool it as a film after the pilot was just kind of drowning, never seemed to go anywhere. They shot a lot of it in Atlanta. So um, much cheaper. Yeah. Some in LA, but Atlanta has great tax breaks, so a lot of it was shot there. Um, the, the A lot of the humor is based on an actual uh, a, a Marine Corvette vet who uh, worked as a PI and then had a relationship eventually with Joel Silver, who's the producer on the film. Mm-hmm. A lot of his stories actually went into both Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and this movie. Um <laughs> So like that's why the movies feel similar in a lot of ways. Right. Um, a lot of these things are like real things that happened. Uh, I can see. I mean, maybe that's why it's so funny is because you're watching it. Nothing ever seems crazy. Nothing ever seems like it couldn't happen. You know what I mean? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I. So we'll talk about Shane Black right now. So Shane Black, he's he is widely known um, as the guy that wrote Lethal Weapon. That's mm-hmm. where he starts. You got to pay 250 grand from Joel Silver to sell the script for Lethal Weapon. Um, he has a very specific brand in his scripts. Shane Blackisms, as we, yeah. You know the way I, that he writes. The whole time we were watching this movie, I was just like, God, I wish I could see the script because I bet it's so funny. I bet there's it's just riddled with these Shane Blackisms and yeah. like, the way that he says things. It's probably it's probably even funnier in the movie, honestly. Especially if oh, you've I'm seen sure, it. yeah. Um, but it's uh, just sort of his whole thing. Like he he's a writer, he's a director, he's an actor. He plays, I believe, he plays Hawkins in. I think uh, he's Hawkins. Predator. Yeah. He's the guy who in Predator is telling the jokes to Billy, and he's like, hey, Billy, the other day, I said to my girlfriend, jeez, you got a big pussy. Jeez, you got a big pussy. Because the echo. Because the echo. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He says the bad jokes. I think he dies first. And he probably wrote those jokes. Yeah, right. Oh, wait, if he wrote the movie. Probably just ad-libbing. Yeah. Um, But, uh, no, so he wrote Lethal Weapon. then, you know, over the years, though, it's like, you know, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, he directed. He wrote Long Kiss Goodnight. He, he, uh, is in talks to reboot Predator and it looks like they're going to start filming they're going to go into production this fall so sweet uh, providing casting works out he did Iron Man 3 like he's just like this kind of this guy who I guess in some ways he's like Fabro now where yeah yeah he can he can cross genre and i guess the iron man comparison is the reason that comes to mind but the fact it's like they're both guys who were actors mm-hmm. writers producers directors and they are old enough now, they've been in the, in, into the industry for long enough now... They can do whatever they want. ...that when Fabro directs The Jungle Book, it's, like, not surprising. No, when and, Shane it's, Black and you're directs, not worried about it. Yeah, when Shane Black directs Iron Man 3, it's like, yeah, sure, cool. Shane Black, sounds good. Yeah, 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 it's one of those things. Like you, You're consistent enough, long enough in Hollywood... That's what that's what the money wants. Like, oh, just give it to him, I have nothing to worry about, like, right? That Shane is Black what will happens. Knock this out of the park, so that, that's pretty cool. He's got a uh, writing partner named Anthony Bagarosi. So, Anthony Bagarosi has no credits really prior to the nice guys, he's got four projects. Either announced or in development. He's a longtime <laughs> friend of Shane Black. They've written a lot of stuff together. Um, as far as this one goes, Bagarozzi said, "We, you know, we were really looking for something to work on together. We like a lot of the same books. We went through a period of reading these obscure '70s books and watching a lot of the Rockford Files. We really wanted to do something like that in that vein. So that's what this movie became. Um, you know, they're also working. They also wrote together a Doc Savage movie, hmm. which is is now, I think, going, going to production. There's an adaptation of, a, of an obscure manga named Death Note that was very popular like 10 years ago. They're That'd writing together. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, they have similar sensibilities. and Yeah, I mean, like, now that these two wrote this movie and I saw it, I don't care. Yeah. M- make it. I'll watch it. Like, I'm totally, I'm 100% all in. Uh, real quick, our audience says, isn't Matt Bom- Bomber in this film? Bomber? Yeah. He's the guy that plays the bad guy, I'm pretty sure. The very good-looking guy. Oh, yes. Um, he was drafted by the Cowboys. Oh, sweet. Out of college, and then he became an actor. Um, I believe that's who you're talking about. He is in the film, and he's actually, like kind of weird he, and creepy he's weird and creepy he reminds me of um oh god what's his name the guy that's the bad guy in uh like the charlie's angel movies the re- crispin glover oh like, sure yeah, but yeah like yeah. a much better looking crispin glover he's very handsome Where where is he from i mean he's he you uh, said louisiana, louisiana i think but like i wonder what his uh like i wonder like what his background is we're like what he's done like at this point right you know what i mean matt bomer you keep talking i'll look it up. yeah um so, about Joel silver yeah so joel silver action movie producer legend like we've covered him so many times on this show he's done everything from top gun to die hard to lethal weapons like he's done it all yeah. he, joel silver is the guy that when you see his name come up under the producers list you're excited about watching this action movie or action movie hybrid um if you want to know anything more about him just go look him up like like i said we've talked about him so many times on this show <laughs> in all those episodes die hard top gun and lethal weapons so joel silver complete gangster uh, anytime he touches a movie and produces it, it's usually pretty good. Oh, he's the guy from White Collar on USA. That's what it is. Is that what it is yeah, that yeah. you recognize him from? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Every, every single time, like 100%, no question, that's that's what it is. Um, you, again, like these two guys, like when I, because I, I was moderately excited about this movie. Like, it looked, I love Ryan Gosling. I love Russell Crowe. Um, I saw Shane Back was directing it. I didn't know that Silver was producing it. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where, I love those two guys and all the names attached to it. It's got to be a good film, and it is phenomenal. Joel Silver uh, was bigger in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, He had more success back then with franchises. He has managed to be pretty relevant still, um, but most recently, like, the Sherlock Holmes franchise was his. Right. Um, You'll see his name pop up, but it's not with the same consistency that it was in the 80s and 90s. Um, That's just the business nowadays, though. It's more spread out. Yeah. I like the Sherlock Holmes franchise, but it's nothing like, you know, Top Gun, I mean, like, Die Hard Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Uh so this movie is uh I mean it's brand new. So the box office isn't is a whole lot to talk about. You know, it was produced by Warner Brothers. Uh the budget was fifty million dollars, which seems seems good. You gotta pay the two guys and the sets are really cool. The party in the in the Hollywood Hills was was beautiful. Yeah. It was super awesome. It was awesome. Man. I wanted to be there. Yeah. You know? Um and it was originally scheduled to be released on June seventeenth of twenty sixteen, uh, but they moved it forward, um, because of Central Intelligence. The new The Rock movie with, yeah. um, with Kevin Hart, which the tagline is, uh, A Little Heart a Big Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I I get it. They, those guys have so much more mass media appeal in, yeah. a, in a comedy that I, I wouldn't want to combat them either, even though this movie's got to be at least ten times better. I wonder. I'm very curious about Central Intelligence. I, I I hate Kevin Hart. Yeah, I really do. He's not your style. He's not my style. I don't think he's that funny, and I... And I don't want to go in on him because I know so many people love him. Yeah. But he's he's like very like Aziz Ansari to me. Like they're very loud and they yell a lot and they're not that funny and they think they're hilarious. That's my opinion of Kevin Hart. I think what it is more is that people think they're hilarious and that's what's annoying. I'm sure he is funny and I'm sure if you hung out with Kevin right. Hart, he would crack you the fuck up. But it's the it's how funny people yeah. think he is. It's the same. You know, it's the same effect as the, the Will Smith '90s effect. It's like when yeah. it's hot, it's hot. People like what it is when it, when it is, and you know, years later, like. Sometimes it doesn't age as well, you know. Chris Tucker's comedy is not funny to people anymore. No, you know, it's borderline offensive. <laughs> he does like stand up, but like he's not, you know, he's not just. It's just it's a gimmick. Yeah, it's a gimmick, and I and I'm tired of it. And you know what, Kevin Hart, Aziz Ansari, more power to you. Go Laugh get that all the money. way to the go bank, Get the money. Get the man. money. Get the movies. But that aside, I laughed numerous times in the Central Intelligence trailer. And it was one of those laughs. Like I don't want to fucking. Laugh. That's yeah. pretty funny though. Like that's actually. It's just funny. because the rocks involved, and we have a big crush on the Rock. Yeah, and they're both. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it's the same thing that like twins was supposed to be funny. You have Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger on screen together. It just looks funny when someone's that small and that large. Of course, it's just going to be hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. So domestically, it grows thirteen six worldwide fifteen three, and it opened this weekend at eleven million dollars, which is not bad. Hopefully, word of mouth will keep this movie going, and it'll it'll like double its budget because. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a real shame that this movie opened behind Angry Birds, uh, Captain America, in its third weekend. Which I completely understand that one. Neighbors 2. That's whatever. I mean, like, it's not like Neighbors 2 isn't going to be funny or that, like, the Angry Birds movie won't be, like, funny. But it's just like, this movie is just... So much more unique than those movies. I, I think not a lot of people know what this movie is. Like Ab- you guys think going in, it's it's is it a comedy? Is it an action movie? And they're like, well, my kids want to see Angry Birds. I want to see Civil War for the X amount of time. And Neighbors One was pretty good, and then that makes sense why it's number four. Neighbors Two right. looks real funny. It me. does, and and I know like our buddy Matt, who we've talked about numerous times on the show. He was on the Air Force One episode. He worked on it. He loved it. He said it was hilarious, and that Seth is an awesome guy, and yeah, Efron's hilarious. Like it's gonna be good it's not gonna be good as good as this movie that'll be like kind of like a dumb throwaway comedy yeah. this movie for me is gonna be in my top like 25 favorite movies probably I mean yeah Kiss Kiss I watched a lot of times like I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang around the time it came out like probably a solid like half dozen times right. it was one of those movies I just put on in the background a lot it's just like funny yeah, and This movie is better. This is funnier. This is going to be one of those movies that when it comes out to buy on DVD, which I love to buy my DVDs. You still do. I still do. <laughs> I, I, I had to, I'm moving right now and I had to move my, my box of DVDs over. Mm. That thing weighs like 100 pounds. It is obscenely heavy. How and, many DVDs do you get? you have? I mean, I was actually sitting there thinking yesterday like if I were to weigh them yeah. and I'd be like weigh one and then weigh the box and then weigh the whole box together and figure out how many are in there using some simple math yeah <laughs> uh i didn't do any of that but there's got to be like a few hundred in there sure because it was way too heavy right i was like sweating profusely i which had to do anyway i had, I had a smaller <laughs> collection of dvds at one point like in seattle before i moved and then i and then i liquidated that and i moved it down now i only have like 40 dvds left right um i probably used to have like 200 or 150 maybe um but but you have that thing now when you look at your dvds yeah. it's like all gold these the only movies that I yeah, have left. Yeah, you like, look at me like, I oh, want. that's a good one. That's a good, like Every single one of them is good. You look at mine and I have to like defend why I own a few of them. Yeah, well, I mean, there was the period of time when I was moving and I gave you like 20 of them. Like, yeah, like just, I didn't like half of them, Yeah, but I wanted all of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> add to the numbers. I had to add to them. Okay, so uh, critically, this movie has got an 8.0 on IMDb. I hope it stays there. Hopefully, it'll maybe go up. We'll see. Yeah, but the, but the Rotten Tomato scores are the opposite of our normal score. It is. So normally, when we do a Rotten Tomato score, what it is is that the all-critic is medium, yep. top critic is the lowest, yep. and audience is the highest. Um, and it'll be crazy disparities. Like Top critics will give some things like 36%, right. and our audience will give it like an 89%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Man on Fire is a great example of that. Yeah, but in this case it's 90, 86, 84. So the audience gave this the lowest rating of all, which I don't get why, and I don't want to get into it because I'll probably just get upset. Yeah, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it either. I mean, maybe it could be that it's <laughs> just like I haven't talked to many females that have seen this movie. One right. one commented on a post that I made and she she said um the only thing I liked about this were the boobs and I'm not talking about the co-stars. So I don't know how this movie comes off to, to guys and girls differently. Like it's definitely more of a bro comedy, I'm yeah. sure. Like there's but at the end of the day there's there's so many moments in that are hilarious that have nothing to do with dick jokes or right. like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not a total bro comedy. It's not totally Shane Black. Well, our friend Roxy saw it and she was like guest on the show, longtime friend of the show, uh-huh. uh, and she was like, "I loved it. You guys will adore this movie." Right. She was like, "She was like, I really liked it. I think you guys are going to fucking love this movie." Right. So I think it's you know it is more of a it's very much our movie. Yeah, it's true. It's very much our movie. Um, so Rafir Guzman of Newsday gave this a rotten review and he said Crow and Gosling are fine but they never form a genuine genuine rapport these actors are known for intensity and screen hogging not warmth and comedic timing and here they seem to be moving in parallel but not fully in sync I don't understand what movie you were watching I don't either. Yeah, they're so. Per- <laughs> Please pull that up. I want the audience to see that now. <laughs> it's it's his reaction to the review. <laughs> he's offended greatly, and he should be. Uh, I don't know what movie he's watching either because the comedic timing and the, the relationship between the two of them, like, there's never like much warmth, but you you buy it you buy into it that the two of them are buddies and that they trust each other and like the very end you know Gosling gets his new his new poster because he has a a poster for himself (laughs) he gets new and it's called The Nice Guys and he holds it up because they become partners in the end he's like I got us a new poster it's pretty cool I'm sorry you look Filipino yeah I'm sorry you look Filipino (laughs) (laughs) It's just, and there's nothing more to it. That's the. It's just, but it's, again, the delivery. The yeah. comedic timing. It's brilliant. Reefer Guzman is perfect. Yeah, so uh, Bruce Kirkland of the Toronto Sun says it creates great on-screen chemistry between Gosling and Crow. As brute adversaries you partner up as privatized to solve a criminal conspiracy. And it blows your mind with its sense of absurdity, even while making the crime caper count. Here's the thing. They kill, like, 40 people in this movie. <laughs> right. They just get, People just get shot through windows. They just die, yeah. die, die. And they never, ever answer the question of what happened or why are these two private eyes not just locked up and being questioned all the time. I can think of two people that died that literally, or I guess we could talk about the, the producer as well, but yeah. two people that had nothing to do with the movie at all. There's a chick in the beginning when Crow's apartment is getting ransacked. Yeah. And, like, they go to shoot Crow and he ducks and they just kill the lady next door. She, ah! she yeah. gets shot. She gets shot. And then there's a guy at the party who's wearing stilts, like, just walking (laughs) around. (laughs) And, like, out of nowhere, he just Uh, comes up and just gets shot in the chest and dies when Crow's, like, having another altercation. There's also, like, the thugs falling from the top of the building when they're in the elevator. (laughs) Yeah, just splatting. Answered. I loved the scene. Loved the scene when they're in the car and and Gosling's driving. And he's, like, fall asleep at the wheel here. He's, like, can't do that. He's, like, don't worry. I got this. Yeah, and he's like, he, these he's, cars drive themselves. Jesus. Oh, I didn't know that. All these cars do that. He's like, <laughs> he's got the ankle holster. He's like, what's that? <laughs> it's an ankle holster. Sweet, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a bee in the back smoking a cigarette with him. That's when you're like, oh shit, we're definitely <laughs> definitely then he asleep. Goes, but then when they're getting, they're held up by the by the the sassy chick. What's yeah. her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. But like, t- 10, 15 minutes later in the film, and Gosling starts going for the gun on on Crow's like, what the fuck are you what doing? Dude, what are you doing? He's like. Get it, get it, get it. He's like, what, oh, what are you talking shit. about shit? Like, did I dream that? Hey, <laughs> you dream that now. <laughs> ah, it's, it's the did, worst. It's the worst yet. <laughs> or when he's like, Tell me a story, Jack. Like, I don't want to tell you. He's like, tell me a story. And then he starts telling a story. This is the best story I've ever heard. He's like just getting into it. He falls and he tells asleep. Like the, this is the only moment of vulnerability that Russell Crowe has in the <laughs> whole movie. And Gosling immediately passes out. One of my, my favorite moments in that scene is Crowe gets up, takes the bullet in the bicep, like uh, knocks the guy down and then just starts just like, like butt of the gun, just, just beats beating him, him brutally like, to death. Yeah, just, this movie is fucking great. Um, oh, all right, man. so uh, speaking of favorite lines and favorite parts of the movie, let's let's get into uh, and favorite line. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there are so many, and it's tough to have seen it once in theaters because. I honestly want to be able to reference like five. I know. Me too. But there's this fantastic scene when they're trying to find the house that the porno that they're looking for, this <laughs> porn film, and this kid rides up on a bike, and they're like, hey, kid, you know anything about the people that live here? And he's just like, maybe. What are you, and they're like, he'd give him 20 bucks. He's like, yeah, I know the people that live here. I came up. I talked to him. I asked him if they wanted to see my dick. I got a big dick, because I got a big dick. <laughs> they said they didn't want to. I was like, you guys want to see my dick? No. No. Give me 20 bucks, I'll show you my dick. Well, you just gave me 20 bucks. He's like, what am I saying? (laughs) This is so fucking good. Yeah, I have that written down. You want to see my dick? One of them is like in the very beginning. They're like watching one of those 70s instructional pool videos. Like, what you should bring at your day at the pool. And it's like, it's like Billy's towel is white. Adjective. Jeannie's towel is bright. Adjective. And then it shows Jonathan's towel. It's a rainbow towel. Jonathan's (laughs) towel is gay. And then the whole class starts laughing. It's so good. When you texted me last night, Jonathan's towel is gay. Uh-huh. Um, I thought you were making a reference to our friend Jonathan Carmichael. I, I didn't know what the you're reference like get was. Get on Facebook. You're like looking for a picture of a towel. I was like, there must have been something that happened, but you just recorded the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then my other one is um, is at the very end. I mean, the, the, when he's drunk at the party yeah. and he's trying to tell people yeah. it's great, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, it's at the very end when they're sitting there at the bar and crow is like drunk and also you know as always disheveled and fat right right and right talking gossing's like well at least you started drinking again yeah at least that, you're drinking good. again <laughs> and crow's like i mm, feel great and he just looks like complete <laughs> shit he's got the full the bottle of full Captain bottle. Morgan. <laughs> <And> he's just <laughs> drinking just, just uh this is so good uh, yeah uh yeah those are my <laughs> favorite lines i also love the moment when like he's like He's like, alright, I'll, I'll do it myself. And Gosling's like, well, if you had read the tag correctly, you would have known that it was this. And it's actually not flight, but it's a flat. The buildings exist, and I know exactly where they are. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll take you to them. And it's like totally redeemable. They just get there's like the building's been torn down. <laughs> it's been it's torn down th- for two years. <laughs> <Just> it's been <laughs> torn just dead wrong. It's like right after his like they decide he's the worst detective ever, ever, and his daughter yells, I hate you. And he's like, uh. he has this moment of brilliant zen. And then, yeah, he's just wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Just so, so, so good. When he's drunk at the party and he falls off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's like, she, he's like, shoot at me, back. He dodges it. The, the reason that we don't do comedies on this show or any show is because it's just a loose retelling of the best jokes. Right, and they, we don't tell them as good. You're just doing a less good version of the movie, which yeah. is why action movies are so great because it's not supposed to be jokes. Right. So if we do impressions, it's great. Um, this movie's an exception. I hope that if you watched it, you're watching this and laughing with us, and it makes yeah. you want to watch the movie again. Um, but if you haven't seen the movie, just go see it because it's just it's fucking great. It's phenomenal. Um, so uh, all right, let's let's talk about hero villain ranking, movie ranking. This is a little weird. Um, I took your lead on this one, Drew. So you joined the two characters together. Um, I did because I think that these guys, although they're great alone for their own comedic reasons and like because the movie's great, they're not actually a either one of them's not a good hero on their own. Right. Well, I mean, it's the same thing as like you know with with uh, with Mason and Goodspeed, or right. it's the same as Riggs and. Uh, and Murtaugh. Murta. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, so you have to decide is, is it one of those situations. To me, these neither of these guys would even begin to chart if it wasn't for one another. Exactly. Whereas like Riggs could still chart. And, for like, sure. And so can Murtaugh. Yeah, that, that's why I decided to combine them. Um, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So it looks like we have them in similar-ish places. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately you're both... Uh- they're beating Charles Morris for some reason. No, 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 no. Charles Morse should have been. Oh no, no, yeah, I, that's right. Morris would have been just behind. That yeah, makes sense. I know it's crazy, but uh, I I don't feel so well, I'm Charles. <laughs> Say it again, Bob. I, I Say don't. It again. I don't feel. I don't feel quite a hundred percent, Charles. <laughs> Today we're gonna kill the motherfucker. Go watch the Edge episode. Go watch the Edge episode, it. and we'll fix the rankings right now. Yeah. Uh, I have I have the combo at thirty two, and Ben's got them at twenty seven, uh, which is good because it's really hard to put them in front of people like joe from looper for me or like the bannings or you know all especially the the guys in the top 10 are like complete different conversations it's funny like how is brian mills so low on my list but i don't know um yeah i know i have i think i have them in front of him too it's because like there's just something awesome about them yeah i mean you start to get the, the guys casey ryback crazy ethan hunt you have him in front of Creasy, huh? Do I too? Do uh, I as well? No, I have, I have Creasy ahead of these guys. Okay, yeah. yeah. Creasy's two spots ahead of these guys. Um, all right, so that's where we—that's uh, where we are going to rank these guys. If you guys don't know our top heroes, you can go. Where can they find a full list? I don't know. We got to make one for them to see. We should probably like. Post them, fucking on. Maybe on our Twitter, we should pin it to the top. At least the movie rankings list, Mm -hmm. the full list. They can check it out. Uh, All right, yeah, we'll we'll work on that for you guys. Uh, Well, yeah, movie rankings was what we're doing next, and mine is way ahead of yours. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's really tough. As much as I loved this movie, I know, and and this movie may grow for me, but like, it doesn't really. I put this movie that low. Yeah, you put it at twenty eight. Or twenty nine, and then when 29. I adjusted it with when I adjusted in, it moved it down to twenty nine. God, that's crazy. I put drive really high, but yeah, um, fifteen. Yeah, it's, I, so I, I obviously the edge I like more than this movie. It's always so hard though when you see a brand new movie to actually get it yeah, because you're riding that high of watching it. Yeah, like I I do actually like this movie more than the town. So so that's weird. But it's like such a different type yeah, of movie. Yeah, yeah, I had I had that same problem doing mine. But then I was sitting there thinking. And we always talk about this. It's all about greatness versus rewatchability and fitting our show. I, 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 this movie will probably move in the future. But as of right now, I want to watch this movie again so badly. But I couldn't justify putting it in front of Terminator 2. Yeah. well, couldn't. That, to me, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made that decision. Because <laughs> there, there would be ze- – like you can't – That's, like, impossible to defend. Yeah, well, because they're just two different movies. And this is an action movie show, and you'd, like, offend everyone in our audience. Exactly, which is (laughs) why, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to offend them anyway because it's still in front of a lot of great movies, but (sighs) go watch it. You you put Drive very high. Drive went to 10 for you. I love Drive. But you can only see that on yours because yours is so high here. My Drive, I think, is, like, 15, 15. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty high still. Um, I love Drive. I just, that movie blew my mind when we watched it again. Um, So, uh, excellent. Let's do a little recast. We decided this time for recast most of the B characters in this movie are not actually characters we would want to recast. Kim yeah. Basinger, the girl who plays Amelia, the daughter. Like, It's not that there's anything wrong with them. It's just that for our purposes, it's not as entertaining because this movie really is just about the two guys. Yep. So we're going back to an 80s, 90s recast. Uh, two guys that could do this movie. This movie were made in the 80s or 90s. Let's start with uh, the Gosling role. Yeah, and again, guys, since this is just a two-person recast, I've got the live chat open. Throw yours up there. I want to check them out. They're always entertaining. They're sometimes better than ours, better than Ben's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with Gosling. And who's your Gosling? Nineteen nineties, eighties Gosling. Or- I, I went like nineteen ninety one Val Kilmer. Okay, um, I think Kilmer is good. At, he can make he can make fun of himself. He definitely can. Um, he and I feel like he could very much fit the role that Gosling played. I and wonder if he could make fun of himself back then, but the way he makes fun of himself now, they're, they're, he's got to have been able. to Yeah, do exactly. It then. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, I, yeah. Went, cause, I mean, I mean, top secret and real genius role. Oh, really. That's so true. He, yeah. he new comedy. Uh, I went with same same time, maybe a couple years later. Ed Norton. Okay, yeah, like, I like that. Top of his game. Had done only dramas, but we've seen him like make fun of himself. He's so good. That seems like yeah, that seems like a good casting choice. And he's yeah, and with the juxtaposition of size with my with my uh, Healy, who I cast. <laughs> you chose a mammoth. I chose a I chose a large man, which is funny because someone else had talked about him earlier in the chat. I chose Mr. John Goodman. Yes, so I got John Goodman and Ed Norton. Modern era John Goodman, I'm assuming, where he's just very. Big. I mean, he dude, he was so good. In Ten Cloverfield Lane, I didn't see it. He was so good in it. He was like he, he like. It seemed like he was like on the spectrum a little yeah. bit. Like he was just a little off and like. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I mean, e- even back then, John Goodman was still massive. But if it could be now, John Goodman, it'd be amazing. Yeah, incredible. Um, I went with James Gandolfini. Okay, um, yeah, again, the Tony Tony Soprano. My only issue with that is that he's uh, he doesn't have the leading man who is disheveled charisma. Right. But I know I've seen Gandolfini do so many good things that if he. If he dressed up for this part and did the 70s thing and, like, he's just – he's oh, good at just being, like, dirty. Yeah. Um, the other character that I think would be really funny and – but I'd want him to get a bit fatter <laughs> is Louis C.K. Fat – I think Louis C.K. Oh, man. If you did it with, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Louis C.K. right now yeah. with, like, a fat, fat Louis C.K. Yeah. God, that'd be great. How good would Louis C.K. have been in that role? That would be hilarious. Yeah. Because – yeah. Yeah. Crow is okay. Those are yeah, good. Those yeah. are both great. Um. Kilmer and Cruz. Like now, Kilmer and Cruz is yeah, like Magruber Kilmer. Kind of, yeah, that's pretty good. Magruber, Kilmer, and Cruz now. I, I love that. <laughs> that is funny, actually. I just, I mean, I don't know how, my, you guys know, like, uh, Val Kilmer in Magruber as Dieter von Kanth is one of the greatest roles it's of all time. One of the great villains. One, of, one It's one of your all time <laughs> favorites. It really is. Like, it would probably be my third one since I don't have one. We will at some point. There was a time period where we, we really did truly think Will Forte was going to come on Adum and do McGruber with us. I mean, we still see him; he's just so busy. Yeah, uh, we we may still get him. Um, we don't know, but we may just jump the boat and just do the movie ourselves just do it, because, because that movie's so good. Yeah, like it's just that movie's just hilarious. It's Brockman visiting again. Yeah, next time for Liquor League Draft. If we can't get Forte on. By the time that Max Brockman comes and visits us, we will bring him on the show from a Gruber. Yeah, bro- that's what we should really do. Is We is, should just not give him Max a mic. Max Gruber should do... Uh, don't give him a microphone. No. Uh, <laughs> he'll be here for Liquor League draft. That'll be in September. Okay, yeah. perfect. So, uh, All right, so that's our recast, guys. You are more than welcome to get at our Twitters or live chat. Hashtag MasteryCaster. Let us know whether you like my combination of John Goodman and Edward Norton or Ben's combination of... Uh, those two people that you just picked <laughs> Val Kilmer and uh, James Gandolfini um, R.I.P R.I.P Gangster you are greatly missed at um, anime Podcast hashtag MasteryCaster. let's move on to which of the categories I mean that's a weird one because it's a comedy so I, I don't really feel like it's justifiable to like Right. there's three action movie categories there's totally ridiculous totally legitimate ridiculous legitimate they are what they sound like totally legitimate are movies like Terminator 2 and Die Hard totally ridiculous are movies like Con Air and Face Off And Ridiculously Legitimate is the middle category. That's like Point Break, Speed, The Rock, Predator. This movie, I think, is just totally legitimate because it's you laugh when you're supposed to laugh. Right. It's it's well cut, well written, tightly scripted, well acted, holds together. Um, I, I would feel stupid calling this. I guess you could call it Ridiculously Legitimate because it is an absurd movie. I think that's where I'm going to put it for me because of what we talked about on the show. And it's like how many people get shot and killed and no one's ever yeah, talked right. about. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but it, it's so tough with movies like this because it is completely self-aware and it executes on all levels yeah. perfectly. exactly. Perfectly. Um, yeah, I would say that's pretty that's pretty fair, pretty easy. So we have one last thing to do, guys, and this is something that we haven't done in a couple weeks, but we are going to do it right now. And it's something called The, the Pitch. Pitch. So uh, what this is, guys, Getting is uh, we're we're looking to pitch you the movies that we are going to do next week. And uh, rather than each of us pitch one, I think it's, we're just going to throw them out there because they're kind of the same. They're both great. And the reason for this is because if you did go and see this movie this weekend or you saw Captain America Civil War last weekend – or you've been in the movies at all recently, you've seen the new Jason Bourne trailer. More. Born Bourne Five. Oh my God, it's so sweet. So we've only ever done Bourne One and then the Jeremy Renner Bourne Four on this show. Right. But we skipped two and three, and three is traditionally the fan favorite. Is his favorite, two's my favorite. Yeah, Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, so that's perfect. So yeah. you're pitching two and I'm pitching three. Absolutely. Um, do you want to pitch why you think two is so sweet? Uh, I, sure. <laughs> I do because so I love that right away it's the two of them on the island and you're like all right here we go whatever she gets killed right away immediately like a gnarly headshot to the back of the head from Carl Urban and like you know how I am about revenge films oh man. yeah it's like Jason Bourne 2.0 another sweet car chase instead of using a pen this time he uses a magazine to fuck yeah, somebody up that's right and he's on a mission against Pam Landy I haven't seen this one in a long time I've seen one a lot of times. The car chase with Carl Urban when he dies is so sweet. This is definitely one I've seen the least. So uh, the thing is we're going to cover both of these movies. We won't do them back-to-back weeks, but but Born comes out in July, like end of July. So we will be doing that movie when it comes out. And we'll be covering these two movies between now and then. So one of them will be next week. Um, I'm going to p- pitch Born Ultimatum, which is Born Three. This has always been my favorite. I feel it's the the most tightly scripted. The action is amazing. Mm-hmm. It just it involves like sort of corporate espionage. It's the highest ranked film. Yeah, like this like the whole like CIA, Blackbriar, all that stuff. It's just. It combines everything I like about the Bourne movies, and he's just the most aware, the slickest. He's not having like he remembers everything. Right. Um, I just always that scene at the train station at the beginning. I always loved. Really sweet. Um, I love this movie. I do think the best Bourne movie is actually Born One. Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, like even though this one's the highest rated, I believe. Yeah, Born One is it's a perfect film. Yeah, it and really wa- when we watched Born One again when we did it on the <laughs> show, uh, speaking actually, friend of the show, Roxy Stryer, who did that episode with us, but uh, when we did that movie on this show it was a real reminder to me that that movie was so special and so yeah. iconic and it had been such a, and had really been such a, I don't know. Just it was like the Mission Impossible that you wanted that you didn't get yet. Yeah. Because there was only Mission Impossible 1 and 2 when the first one came out, right? Or would 2 not even come out yet? Uh, two I think they had I think they already they come out. out. Yeah, and you didn't get 3 yet. No. You just had 1 and 2 yeah. and like, Mission Possible 1 and 2 were sweet, but this was like an actually great movie. And they hadn't rebooted James Bond yet. You no. Were still you were still doing with the bad, you, yeah. all, all, all the bad... Uh, you were on the tail end of Pierce Brosnan's run. I wonder if Roxy actually wants to come on and do the Bourne movie. We'll, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> Done. Uh, all right, guys, that is what we're pitching. Bourne Ultimatum and Bourne Supremacy. We will, uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for checking in on the show. Adios.